Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Steve Cohn just walked right into the Coliseum, took out his checkbook, took out his pen that was a sword, stabbing the Phillies, stabbing the Giants, stabbing the Dodgers, Braves, heads cut off. In the middle of the night, Carlos Correa became a Met. For 12 years, $315 million, and I ask you, are you not entertained? Nothing personal word of the day. It's a brand new show because Carlos Correa became a Met while you were sleeping. You woke up to it. How we got here is an entirely different story that requires a little background. This is a story that many people won't believe. 20 years from now, as they look back on this show, as it lives forever on YouTube and wherever else it lives on your podcast platform, as we go through the road to Carlos Correa becoming a Met, it starts way back when Steve Cohn was a minority partner with the New York Mets, just trying so hard to take control and to be the controlling partner because he had the ego that couldn't fit in a room making billions of dollars in a very boring world of hedge fund, getting accused by the government of doing X and Y and spending money settling X and Y, toxic workplace, eh, who cares? We're printing money here. Market's going up, he's feeling good. Meanwhile, the Wilpons are getting made off. That's how far back the story of Carlos Correa going to the Mets goes, that far back. The Mets get Madoffed. They decide to sell not because airplanes are flying over City Field saying, sell, Mortimer, sell. No, they sell because they realize that they've got a guy who they don't want to sell to named Steve Cohn, who's already a minority partner of them, who says, sell to me. I will spend $2.5 billion on just your franchise. Keep your TV network. I want the franchise. I want to go toe-to-toe with Hal Steinbrenner, but I can't do it until he gets me voted in. I'm going to go meet with Mom, Rob Manford. I'm going to make sure I have 23 votes. And when I come in, I have it all planned out. I'm going to secrete away enough money that I can cover losses for five years. On top of that, I've got huge tax benefits for the first five years of my ownership. On top of that, I'm rich. I'm going to be the richest owner of all time. 
I'm going to come in and I'm going to tell the fan base in three to five years, we're going to win a World Series. Let's see if we can do it with the people we came with. Then we're going to sprinkle in a few additions, see how we do. But if there's any sort of disappointment at any point in the first two years, bing, bang, boom, I'm going to start entertaining people by lifting my salary pen and my big stick. And I'm going to wave it around and I'm going to kill anyone in sight. Fast forward to winning 101 games, getting caught by the Atlanta Braves for the division, realizing we don't have enough hitting. We don't have enough pitching. We need more. Goes into the offseason, Steve Cohn says, we're doing it. I'm all in. We have a collective bargain agreement. The only thing I promise to do is not sign Aaron Judge. Other than that, I'm going in, and I'm going in hard. On the other side of the stage, when you see Steve Cohn wondering whether you're entertained, brandishing his sword, etc., wearing his loincloth with his bulging not muscles. On the other side of the stage, where they can't see each other, but the audience can see both, is Scott Boris. Scott Boris is an agent who has made millions of dollars off gladiators just like Steve Cohn. Because Steve Cohn is the type of gladiator that I stupidly thought, David Sampson, about two weeks ago, look out folks, Steve Cohn is smart. And if Steve Cohn starts playing smart, that's gonna be really good for Mets fans. Put a pin in that, We'll return to it. So Scott Boris is on stage right. Steve Cohn is on stage left. Aaron Judge. Scott Boris has the puppeteer strings. Says, listen, Aaron, here's what we're doing. We're going to get you signed first. I got a whole lot of clients to deal with, but I, I want to get you done. But we have a situation in San Francisco that needs to be addressed. They really, really want to be relevant with the Padres. They want to be relevant with the Dodgers. Let's see if we can get Aaron to the Giants. It's not really going to happen, but here's what we're going to do. He wants to stay with the Yankees, but we need the Yankees to go to nine years. The only way the Yankees are going to go to nine years, he's telling his people on the right side of the stage, is that we have to have an entire thing where it looks like Judge is going to the Giants. But Scott, what about the Giants fans? Who cares about the Giants fans? Trust me, this is all going to work out great for the Giants fans. I got it all planned out. All right, Aaron, take a video of yourself getting off an airplane. Do you folks remember this video? Getting off an airplane and landing in San Francisco and telling the world on Instagram and on social media, I'm in San Francisco. Yankee fans and Hal Steinbrenner, they're going to lose their minds, but it's going to get better. We're going to then leak that he's going to the Giants. It's going to be perfect. We'll have John Heyman do it. He does anything for me. John Heyman, boom. Aaron Judge going to the Giants. Oops, I was wrong. Why was I wrong? Because he's going to the Yankees. Steve, hang on there. Stage left. We're still on the stage right. The spotlight is not on you yet, Steve. I understand you're signing Edwin Diaz and the things you're doing. Hold on. You're not even up to Verlander yet. Just wait. Back to stage right. Scott Boris gets Aaron Judge to the Yankees. The San Francisco Giants call up Scott Boris and say, what happened here? We had him. We had Aaron Judge, but you know what? We got to pivot. We have a fan base that is just dying for a player. Anybody in your quiver, anybody who you have, I got someone for you. It's Carlos Correa. Let me tell you a little something about Carlos Correa, if you don't mind. This is Scott Boris stage right talking to Robert Johnson. He's a franchise brand. Kind of the Dior of defense. The Hermes of hitting 
the Louis Vuitton of leadership, the Prada of the postseason. It's a one-stop shop for a championship designer. <gasps> oh my God, I'm so excited, I'm quivering. I have chills all over my body that usually reserved for moments when I'm not on stage with you, Scott. But I love where your head's at. Let's bring Correa in. What's it gonna take? Well, let's be honest, it's gonna be more than Corey Seager, no problem. It's gonna be more than Francisco Lindor, no problem. Our fan base needs it, we need it. You put Carlos Correa here at shortstop. We don't even have anyone playing shortstop. Scott Boris quietly off stage to another character says, do you think they know they have Brandon Crawford who helped them win two World Series? Do they know that or not? Uh, don't tell them, don't tell them. They're gonna move Brandon Crawford to third base. It'll work out totally fine, it's fine. Carlos Correa gets announced as San Francisco Giant. Um, Scott says, the president of the San Francisco Giants. I know we haven't spoken because you won't negotiate with presidents, only with owners, but I just want to point out that we have to do a contract here. And in the contract, there's going to be guarantee language and we're going to have to do a physical. Don't worry about a physical. Well, can you show me any part of his medicals? No, no. He goes center stage, looks out at the audience and says, my philosophy of managing players is that I do not in any way allow my players to be touched by a prospective team in free agency. First, we come to agreement. Second, we leak the agreement. Third, we fly the player in for the physical. Here's why we do it. And now on the stage, Steve Cohn can't hear this. Bob Johnson can't hear it. No one can hear it, but you can. We fly him in for the physical. And if there's something wrong with the player, it's no problem because the team is so down the road with having signed the player. The fan base is so excited that eight out of nine owners in Major League Baseball will still sign my player, even though there may be a problem in the physical. But with Carlos Correa, don't you look at the fact that he doesn't play full seasons. Don't you worry about that. He is 28 and all of those physical ailments all behind him. He will play 150 plus games for you for the next 13 years, I promise you. <laughs> Pants the owner of the Giants. That would be so terrific, that'd be just great. All right, Carlos, here's what you have to do. This is Scott Boris talking. You're gonna get a message from the traveling secretary for the Giants. You're gonna have a list of places. We've gotten you a car, we charge the Giants for it, and the car's gonna drive you from a doctor to a doctor. There's two doctors you're gonna see. You're gonna see an orthopod, no problem. Then you're gonna give your blood, no problem. It's all gonna be good. Goes to the first doctor, the orthopod, looks at him, hey, raise your right hand over your head. Hey, good, let's take an MRI. I need your shoulder, I need your elbow, I need your knees, I need your hamstring. Arms, shoulders, knees and toes, heads, shoulders, knees and toes, MRIs for everyone. The player goes into the MRI booth, they do all the MRIs at once. The Giants get the results of the MRI the minute he puts his gotkas back on. That's how fast the Giants have the results. Then they go see the other doctor, take his blood, checking all, checking for everything, literally for everything. Get those results back in about an hour, not overnight, does not take long. There is a, the, the lab does the blood results right there for the teams. Trust me. All it's waiting for is for the Giants to call Boris and say, hey, Scott, we're done. He passed his physical. But in the meantime, I wanna plan the press conference. This is going on in San Francisco. Keep in mind on stage, Steve Cohn is lurking somewhere to the left. 
The high lights are not on him. The top lights, the floodlights, he's just there. He's looking at his team. He's signing yesterday, Adam Adovino, gives him $7 million, gives David Robertson $10 million. He's looking and did a press conference with Justin Verlander, which we're going to get to. All of those things. He's just over there. That's not the main focus of the stage quite yet. The press conference is scheduled for yesterday at 11 a.m. at Oracle Park in San Francisco. To do a press conference in baseball, it's very simple. You have to do it according to the schedule of Scott Boris. The reason you have to do it according to the schedule of Scott Boris is Scott Boris makes it mandatory when you sign a free agent of his that he appears on the dais. Not by telephone, not a video conference. You will do a press conference and you can have the owner, no problem. You can have the president, fine. GM, if you want. Manager, if you need. But the player and me, Scott Boris, I will be at the head table. Scott, we don't want you at that table. No problem. I'm not bringing my player to you. Scott, we have an agreement in place. No, we don't. The agreement is very clear. I will be at the head table or else he will not sign your contract. We leaked it. Your fan base is ready for it, but just know I will be at the damn table. I can be in San Francisco yesterday, he said, no problem. Carlos Gray gets to San Francisco the day before yesterday, goes on a little tour, gets his jersey all ready, because when, when you sign a free agent like that, you, they choose the number in advance, the jersey's made, the hat's ready, the clubhouse manager gets his hat size. The San Francisco Giants are putting together a list of MVP invites. They're putting down seats like it's a wedding. In the first row, we're going to have Carlos. Then we're going to have Scott at the table with Carlos. But in the first row will be any family members Carlos wants, any friends Carlos wants. We're going to plant four members of the media in certain chairs. We've got a few questions lined up from our own MLB.com writers to make sure that the question is asked of Farhan or of Bob Johnson, the owner, about what the Carlos Correa signing means. They've got one-on-ones ready to go with news stations around San Francisco. They'll do some national radio hits. Everything is scheduled and ready to go. Hello? Hi? And now you switch to, again, stage right, where Boris is now stage middle, stage center. Steve Cohn is still lurking stage left. But the light shines on some guy in a white lab coat. The guy in the white lab coat says, excuse me, Farhan, it's Dr. Rosenrosen. I just want to point out that there's a small problem here with Correa's MRIs. What is it? Well, I just, there's some issue. Now, this part of the show, warning to the audience, this part of the show is made up. I don't know what Correa's problem was, but I guarantee you there was a problem with his physical. Hey, uh, this is your Dr. Rosenrosen. I'm not going to tell you what to do here, but if you're asking me and I didn't know his name was Carlos Correa and I didn't know you signed him to 13 years, 350, I am failing him. Well, what do you mean? Why? Well, here's myriad reasons. One, I'm looking at his shoulder, elbow, and hamstring and knee. And I don't believe that he has a probability of being productive, forget this year, but definitely not into his late 30s and 40s. There is some sort of arthritis here that is that is going to be debilitating. And I'm just telling you, this is my take on it. Keep in mind, I'm not saying that about Carlos Correa. I'm saying that's what a doctor says to a team when a player gets a physical. You either get a call that says he's fine. I've gotten those. Or you get a call that says, hey, 
He's got some normal wear and tear in the ligament. If you're signing a pitcher, well, is he good for three years? That's how long the contract is. I can't guarantee it, but there's a better than average chance he's going to survive for three years without Tommy John. I would pass him. Thank you, Dr. Doctor. Hold me now. We're starting. We'll sign him. Sometimes the doctor says, hey, like about Henderson Alvarez. Sorry, Henderson. Loved you on the Marlins. Loved the no-hitter. You failed your physical. You know that. We kept you because that's what happens. The doctor doesn't tell the team not to sign the player. The doctor goes to the team and says, listen, you got a problem here. You can take my advice or not. No problem. Now, cut back to the next phone rings. Scott Boris picks up the phone. Hey, Farhan, why are you calling me? Hey, we're all set with the press conference. I've got my limos ready. I've got my statements ready. I'm just going to need to say a few words. Is that okay, Farhan? It's all going to be good. Scott, good to talk to you. We didn't really talk during the negotiation because you only talk to owners. But I just got to tell you, we have a small problem with the physical. What are you talking about? There's no problems. This is a perfectly healthy player. Scott, I'm just telling you that we, we need to take a beat here. One quick breath. I need to speak to ownership. I need to give them my view of what's going on. I'm meeting with the doctor in 20 minutes. Stay tuned. The press conference is still on. We're not delaying it yet, but hold on. Farhan calls the owner of the Giants. Hey, we got to meet. They meet in person. They're up in a box, right? We're using the whole theater. He walks up to the box where the owner is, and he says, we're making a big commitment to this player. Are you sure that this is the right move? Let me tell you what happens if he can't play. Let me tell you what happens if he only plays in 40 games a year, 60 games a year, 80 games a year. There are no opt-outs here on our side. It's a full no-trade clause. He gets to control wherever he wants to go. And if he's not playing, he is collecting our money. If we're going to insure this player, it is going to be hugely expensive to get insurance on his contract with these pre-existing conditions. We can go get another opinion from another doctor. We can have him do a whole nother set of MRIs, or we call Scott Boris and we renegotiate. Or you say, hey, I may not be alive in 13 years. Let's do it. I want to win a World Series as the owner of the Giants. I'm going to take door number two. Call Scott and renegotiate. Back to the stage. Scott, it's Farhan. Uh, we've postponed the press conference. Hold on one second. I have my media relations department on the other phone. Sorry, guys, I forgot to tell you. We always forget to tell the media relations people when we do this stuff. And they're sitting there like <laughs> hands in their pocket. Where is everyone? All right. We're going to be delaying the press conference. But do me a favor. All we're going to release is that the press conference scheduled for 11 a.m. has been delayed. We're not going to answer a question. We are going tight-lipped, closed-shipped. We have HIPAA issues. We can't talk about the health of the player. We're not allowed to say anything publicly. We don't want to say anything bad about the player because we still may end up signing him. Just say the press conference is being postponed. No one but Samson or other people who've been in the game will know what happened. It'll get out there. What's the big deal? The minute they postponed the press conference yesterday, you knew they had a problem and that he had failed this physical and all that was left was for them to decide whether they were going to renegotiate with Scott Boris. So they call up Scott Boris. Scott Boris says, hey, Farhan, you know I only deal with owners. What's up? Well, listen, we're, we're failing him. What do you mean? You're, are you kidding me? No one fails one of my players. We gave him a physical ourselves. Who's your doctor? I want to speak to your doctor. Scott, this is not your job. Your job is to look at me and I want to examine the guarantee language. And he's got the following four ailments. If he spends extra DL time, 
IL time, because of these four ailments, I want the ability to terminate the contract or I want to make it into a team option. Well, hold on here, San Francisco. You guys are the horses out of the barn. Your fan base is ready for this championship player. Your fan base is craving their fourth championship in 13 years. You've got to have the player. I would not enter into a 13-year relationship planning on getting divorced. It's like getting married, planning on getting divorced. That's called a prenup, jackass. That's exactly what people do. They don't go down the aisle saying, I'm definitely getting divorced, but just in case, we might as well have a document. I'm going down the aisle with Carlos Correa saying he's going to play for us every year for 13 years. It's going to be all sunshine roses and not a bunch of fertilizer. But just in case it is, I don't want to have to fight. Well, here's my answer to that. No chance toilet pants. We're not renegotiating. Scott, that's not fair. You can't ask us to go 13 years. You couldn't get a long-term deal last year. We have saved your ass right now, and you're not going to let us put in a team option after five years. Just make it five years, one option. After five years, we either have to pick up the last eight or let him go. He'll only be 33 years old. No way. How about one year? San Francisco, no way. We're not making an announcement and making a commitment to Correa like this where it's a one-year option. We have to pick up the last 12 after one year, no, not, not gonna work. All right, how about after nine years? Well, he'll be 37 then. No, I'm not gonna allow that. Not gonna allow that. We're not gonna put Carlos Correa back in free agency at 37. No, sorry, we're going all in. He's gonna be totally fine. Scott, we'll be right back to you. Bob, what do you want me to do here? And then there's a quiet conversation on stage with murmuring that you can't hear. And in the background, here's what Scott Boris is doing. Steve, can you hear me? It's Scott. Do you have any idea what I think I can deliver for you? Now, I'm not positive, but I believe that I can bring you the bath that you have needed and all your fans have said they need. I can change the trajectory of your franchise forever. I can't believe I'm able to do this, Steve. But hold on. I think I can get you Carlos Correa. Carlos Correa? Are you kidding me, Scott? That would be so amazing. How is that possible? I thought he was a giant. I've been upset the whole time. God, I got to play this guy Escobar at third base. My fan base is upset. I'm already $70 million into the tax. Steve, I'm gift wrapping Carlos Correa for you. Here's what you got to do. 13 years, $350 million, and I will make him a Met tonight. Steve says, Scott, hold on one second. Hey, Billy. Billy Epler, the GM of the Mets. Hey, Billy, I just got a call from Scott. It can't be. We can get Carlos Correa. Steve, are you sure you want to take this on? Do you understand that your payroll is going to go to around $400 million? You're going to be paying over $100 million in taxes. Who cares, Billy? The fans don't care what I'm spending. The fans don't care what I'm losing. The fans want to win, and I promise them a World Series, and we'll get the World Series. Do you know how great it would be to have Carlos Correa? We get to bring in Correa, Verlander. The, the, they, oh, my God. And we signed Senga, and we got Quintana. Of course, we kept Nimmo and Diaz. We have everyone we had and we added. We have surpassed the Braves, haven't we? We've surpassed the Phillies, haven't we? We're way better than the Padres, aren't we? 
That's Steve Cohn talking to Billy Epler. Billy says, Steve, I'm not gonna stop you from spending money. I just wanna point out that your flexibility in your payroll is really going to zero now. And so, you know, David Stearns, great. Theo Epstein, great. What are they gonna do? We've got all these guys signed long-term. No, we don't. We only gave Verlander two years. Oh, that's true. We can go get another pitcher for eight years in two years. Would that make you happy? Steve, I'm not saying no, but I think you got to think long and hard. Why is he not a giant? We're not even going to give him a physical, Billy, because Scott promised me. He promised me that Carlos is healthy. Steve, are you kidding me? Are you that gullible? You've got to give him a physical. Let me call Farhan and let me see what happened. You can't call Farhan. I was told that we're not allowed to call the Giants because the Giants cannot know that we are even talking to you. And then it cuts right to Scott Boris on the phone with Bob Johnson in San Francisco. Hey, Bob, the Mets want your player. The Mets have already agreed to go the entire amount of the deal. They will go 13350 and they will take him right now. Do you want your player going to the Mets? They don't want opt-outs. They don't want anything. They don't even need a physical because they took my word for it in a way that you won't. Bob Johnson says, hey, listen, I, there's really nothing I can do right now. My baseball people who are smart, I've got to listen to them. I've got, I've got to at this point. You've got to let me renegotiate this contract. Bob, we do not renegotiate contracts. He is going to be a Met before you wake up tomorrow morning. Are you sure that your fan base can handle this? Who's left? You're going to sign my guy, Michael Conforto? He can help your team. You have no idea. It's going to take four years, $80 million. But boy, can he help your team. You're going to have to do something. But imagine you went from Judge to Correa. Conforto is not a terrible booby prize. You've got five minutes. I can't leave my player hanging. The press is too bad. I've got 70 employees right now at Boris Corporation who are calling me and beeping me and Morse coding me, telling me that we've got to get Correa done right now somewhere. Scott, I, I can't do it. I can go, I can go seven years and then with an option for the last six. That's it. All right. I'm not saying no, I'm not saying yes, but you're forcing me to make a call. You're forcing me to do it. Steve, you have no idea. Steve, this is it. You can have him 13350. Hey Scott, you got to give me a win here. You got to give me some sort of win publicly. There is no way I can give him 13350 after he had the physical issue he had in San Francisco. I don't want to be looked like as an idiot in the owners meeting. I don't want to be yelled at for being stupid and you promise me he's healthy, but you got to give me something. Scott Boris looks at him and says, "You know what?" because you're so good and so smart and you want to win a World Series so badly, I've got something for you. We're willing to do 12 years, 315. Oh my God, victory's been achieved. Thank you so much, Scott. I only need to do 12 years, 315, and I can have the player who likely failed his physical? Oh my God, I have a tear in my eye. Sign him up, give it to Heyman. Let's go, go, go now. Not yet. Let me call back the Giants. San Francisco, Bob, Farhan, get ready for a tsunami that is coming your way because he's about to go to the Mets. And if you want him, you say yes right now to the 13350. And I mean right now while we're on the phone. Can't do it, Scott. Can't do it. The gavel goes down. 
Carlos Correa is leaving on a jet plane, flying cross country in a Boris jet. Obviously not. He's in Steve Cohn's plane. Bring him in. Let's lay some hands on him. You think the Mets are going to fail him? You think the Mets call the Giants and say, hey, can I see that physical thing? Do you mind? The Giants say, screw off. We don't help teams like that. Do your own physical. And we're certainly not helping you, Steve. Making us look bad. That's the story of how Carlos Gray became a Met overnight. He's in New York right now. He's got to get a physical. Are the Mets so stupid? They won't make him get a physical. But are the Mets so stupid that they're going to actually listen to their team doctors? No. They want the player. They're taking the player. For Steve Cohn, if Carlos Correa is hurt, put him on the IL. He has a separate budget for injured players, and they'll figure out the next third baseman when the next third baseman comes. But Carlos Correa is a shortstop. Oh, we're paying $340 million to Francisco Lindor. Move Correa to third base. He can play third base. He'll be fine. He'll be happy. We tried that with Reyes and Ramirez. Move positions. It's easy. Believe me, it's not that easy. So that's what happens. Carlos Correa plays third. Lindor plays short. The Mets have now spent $806 million. Are you entertained yet? Steve Cohn goes center stage, and he just yells out as the curtain falls. And the curtain falls with his arm extended, and he's got the checkbook and the pen, and the curtain falls, and all you see is the arm, like floating in space as the Show ends, and that's only the first act. The second act of this play starts in March when the season starts, and the 162 games have to be played, and we find out whether Carlos Correa is actually injured. Think there'll be interest in the World Baseball Classic in Miami when you've got Correa and Lindor playing next to each other? Mets teammates taking on the world. Steve Cohn has an owner's meeting coming up in February in Florida. Steve Cohn's gone rogue, folks. Steve Cohn is so far higher. His payroll is in a place where he did not tell baseball it was going to go. Not one owner who voted for him thought that there'd be this level of disparity in the payroll. For those of you who think it's good for the game, it's not. For those of you who are Mets fans and don't care, or other fans' teams and don't care, you cannot care all you want. You can put your head in the sand all you want. But I assure you, when things like this happen, there are ramifications. The business ramifications of what Steve Cohn is doing are significant. When the Dodgers and the Yankees were doing it, caucuses were being had amongst low payroll teams for changes in the CBA to ensure that those levels of disparity in payrolls will not continue. When there is one owner on an island, regardless of franchise valuation, there will be things put in play for the next collective bargain agreement to ensure that that owner pays. That owner is a persona non grata now in Major League Baseball, I promise you. Don't believe any of the PR you see of him serving on committees and him being a leader and walking merrily in and out of owners meetings. That is not the reality. The reality is that what Steve Cohn is doing is not good for baseball because when 29 teams, 29 including the Yankees, are looking at one team and saying, you are making it so it is an unlevel playing field. 
It's bad enough when it's a caucus of large revenue teams like just the Red Sox, and I say that laughingly, even though their payroll is plenty high, and the Cubs, I'm saying that laughingly because they only got Swanson, and the Dodgers laughingly because they just signed Kershaw for $20 million and not doing much else. Of course, they signed Betts, but let Turner go. And now the Padres are added to the list. You bring the Mets to that list. You add up a number of teams. But now Steve Cohn doesn't even belong at that table. He's not at the high revenue table. He's not at the high payroll table. He is alone. He's like at the wedding where the bride and groom sit at their own table, not with their bridesmaids or groomsmen, not with their family. They just sit at the head of the wedding, just the two of them, just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Well, Steve Cohn is just sitting there with Billy Epler. Hey, Billy, how's it going? Hey, good cake, right? Hey, I didn't even get the cake. Where's the cake? I'm still working on the schnitzels. Happy Hanukkah, Mets fans. The way Scott Boris just got bailed out and turned a failed physical, which I assure you it is, and I'm not a, not breaking the news, I don't know. I was at a Knicks game last night. I saw someone who works for the San Francisco Giants because the Knicks were playing the Warriors. Someone who I've known for a very long time, whose name shall be held nameless, remain nameless, identity shall be withheld, because I promised him I'm not breaking news, which I'm not. He didn't tell me that Correa was going to be a mess. No, 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 no. Even if he had, I wouldn't have broken it last night. I was too busy watching a movie. But what I would have done is had a slightly different conversation with him because here's what I told him. I said, do not get yourself Borist. Be very careful here. You better be negotiating some sort of change in his deal. And I went through the four different things that I would do as we were speaking during halftime. All I was told is, because now I'm in the media, all I was told is, maybe he's still pissed at me over the Barry Bonds thing. That's funny, I didn't think about that. It's not impossible when I lied about Barry Bonds and what he was being paid as a hitting coach. I just thought of that, Coca. But either way, it was a nice enough conversation. He said, David, there's a lot more here than you realize. And he, I don't know, was he talking about Correa's health? Was he talking about the desperation of the owner, Bob Johnson? Was he talking about the fighting that's going on? He did not tell me. But I got back from the game last night and I realized the Giants have a very important decision to make and they better do it fast. That's the only thing I knew. It did not occur to me that it would resolve itself overnight, but Scott Boris, the maestro, I tip my cap. Steve Cohn is the perfect foil for Scott Boris. He's the perfect outlet. He's the old desperate owner who promised a World Series with reckless indifference toward any sort of what happens in the future. Scott Boris preys on people like that. How could I not have seen it coming? Because I want to believe that people have learned. They figured out you don't do this. But once again, I was proven wrong. Carlos Correa is a Met, and if you're not entertained, we'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. 
And Ramp Software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. What a day. Of course, I still watch a movie every day. I'm going to take a few minutes to review a movie. But before I do, there was some breaking news this morning as we were starting to record. And I want to switch hats and be a little serious for a moment. Franco Harris just passed away at 72 years old. The iconic running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He of the Immaculate Reception, a play that is, in my mind, the number one most famous play in the history of football, certainly the National Football League. He passed away three days before his number was about to be retired by the Pittsburgh Steelers. My first thought upon reading it was absolute sadness because more and more athletes of my time who I grew up watching are passing away. I was just at the Nick game last night and there was a moment of silence for Louis Orr, Louis Orr, number 55, a sinewy forward for the Knicks, played for the Knicks for several years who I watched, who I loved watching play, died at a very young age, 64. And as I'm getting older, of course, every time it happens. It's why people say they read the obituaries. People joke, I'm just looking for my name. No, you're looking for people you know, because it's not fun to play the game. Is he alive or is he not alive? And it's not celebrities you're talking about. It's friends. It's people who you had a relationship with. So when I read about Franco Harris's death this morning, I realized that the Steelers have so much to do right now to honor Franco Harris. They have to honor him this weekend with more than just a moment of silence. They were doing a video tribute around the retirement of his jersey. Now they have to adjust the music that was going with the video tribute because you make it obviously different music when someone dies versus when they're there watching their jersey get retired. They have to decide whether they're going to postpone it. By doing that, they have to ask the family first. So they're in touch with the family, trying to figure out what they can do, how they can be helpful, when the funeral is going to be, because members of the Steelers are going to go to that funeral, members of ownership, coaching staff, so they can't do it during a game which the, the Franco Harris family never would. So the service will be at a time that's convenient for the Steelers. The family will decide, do they want to still go to the game? What will the tribute look like now that he's died? All of that is the business of death. The coincidence of a player dying who was about to get his jersey retired. But on this show, I just want to take one beat, please, to thank Franco Harris for his work. He did a ton of work off the field, by the way in his not just playing career, but post-playing career. Incredibly generous with his time. One of the greats, too young, 72, Franco Harris. So it is getting toward the end of the year, which means Oscar movies are out. They're starting to get streaming. I am watching at least one good movie or one Oscar candidate per day now as we head toward the end of the year and we head toward uh, Academy Award nominations. And I watched a movie yesterday that is very likely to be in my top five for the year, a list that I'm working on that will be released in a show next week. It's called The Banshees of Inisherin. The Banshees of Inisherin stars Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. 
It's written by Martin McDonough. The combination of people, those three did a movie called In Bruges. In Bruges was, I don't know, Coca, 10 years ago. And it was one of my all-time favorite movies. I don't know whether it's in my top 100, but I do know that if you have not seen In Bruges, go now and watch it before you see the Banshees of Inisherin. It's not a sequel. It's not related. It just shows you the beginning of the relationship between the actors and the writer. So the Banshees of Inisherin, Inisherin is an island, a small island off the coast of Ireland, a very remote island, and there's a brother and a sister. Kerry Condon, who's going to get Academy Award consideration, plays the sister. Colin Farrell plays the brother. Brendan Gleeson plays the friend. The movie is about a friendship between Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell and how that friendship, you don't see a lot of movies we've seen two, like a, it's not a male buddy movie, it's not an action movie. It's a movie about Brendan Gleeson saying to Colin Farrell, I don't wanna be your friend anymore. And Colin Farrell saying, what do you mean you don't wanna be my friend? We're best friends. We go have a pint every day at 2 p.m. How can you not wanna be my friend? And you're wondering how that can be a movie. This is Colin Farrell's, be Colin Farrell's best work. This is Brendan Gleeson's best work. The script is perfect. I only encourage you to watch it with subtitles because they have thick Irish accents and you don't wanna miss a word because every word has meaning. And when you're watching the words, when you're watching them acting, when you're looking at the cinematography, you're wondering how does this story end? Where does this go? And how wonderful is this script? This movie will be nominated in several categories. It will win several Academy Awards. One of the best movies of the year. If you have to pay $20, pay it. If you have HBO Max, watch it. If you can see it in a theater, do it. Why it's called The Banshees of Inisherin, you'll find out during the movie. Not completely relevant to the plot, but just interesting when it comes out what a banshee is. And in a Sharon, I remind you, is the place where it takes place. Each character is so perfectly developed that I had chills while watching the movie. I don't know if you've ever had that when you are watching a movie and you know that you're watching greatness as it's unraveling. Banshees of Inisherin, enjoy it. Okay. Nothing personal pick of the day. We are 150 and 124. The Knicks were four and a half point favorites over the Warriors. I told you I was at that game. I had a, had a several hour stretch with my son, just the two of us, and it was wonderful. He had just finished his first semester sophomore year at school, and he came for Hanukkah, and we went to this Knicks game. We had dinner together. We were watching the game and watching the Warriors play, wondering why the Warriors don't play defense, figuring out why the Knicks, we were looking at all the banners up at Madison Square Garden, where I'd spent my childhood and early adulthood, basically from when I was nine years old to when I was 31, I was going to Nick games right before I got into baseball. And there's just nothing. Last championship, 72-73. Last division championship, 2012-2013. The level of success for the Knicks, it's just terrible. And I'm looking at their players. I'm looking at Tom Thibodeau, who looks like Jeff Van Gundy's like doppelganger now, bags under his eyes, totally despondent, yelling with his hoarse voice. Steve Kerr just sitting there, sitting on the bench. Once in a while, he gets up and walks back, looking at his players, wondering why no one plays defense, wondering why shots don't go in, and wondering when Steph Curry will be back. 
The Knicks won by 75 points in a complete blowout. It was like 132 to 94. We are 150 and 124. Tonight, we are going back to NBA. Our pick as our year winds down, we're back to 26 games over 500. We're taking the Cavs over the Bucks. People are sleeping on the Cleveland Cavaliers a little bit this year. Uh, Donovan Mitchell joined a team that already was on the rise and has made that team spectacular. He has fit in perfectly. It turned out to be the perfect fit. He was rumored to be going to the Knicks, remember this offseason, when Utah was rebuilding and going for Wembayama. Although they're winning way too many games to get that. But the Cavs have become a team. Cavs, minus two over the Milwaukee Bucks. Did you watch the uh, parade, the Argentinian parade? If you tuned in, by the way, waiting to hear me talk about the what's going on with Robert Sarver and the Phoenix Suns, we are going to lead off with that tomorrow, assuming that Steve Cohn doesn't sign someone else. This, the Phoenix Suns, I don't know if we'll lead off with it. I haven't done the show with Koki yet, but I do want to talk to you about Robert Sarver selling the Suns to someone for what they're saying is $4 billion. There's quite a few layers to this deal of what's happening, and I want to go through it, and I don't want to short shrift it in the few minutes we have remaining. But I promise you, we're going to get to it. I was watching the uh, Argentinian parade. I, I watch parades because I was a part of one, and just like I watch locker room celebrations because I was a part of one, several. And I'm always looking for crowds, how many people are there, what's it like, who's sitting with who in what car, what, what is the organization, where do they end up, what's the rally like. In Argentina, they showed pictures in Buenos Aires of this parade. There were four million people there. I've never seen anything like it. There's no parade like it in the United States. There never has been, there never will be. There's no sport like football in the United States. There is no affinity to a team when the dream team won the gold medal in the Olympics, they came back. Yeah, there were people there. They were happy. Teams win the World Series. Ticker tape parade. We're going to do a parade. Yeah, you do a parade. Four million people don't show up. The Argentinian team. The bus carrying them could not make it to the place where they were going to go on stage and address the crowd right in a town square by the obelisk there in Buenos Aires. They couldn't even make it there. They had to be hella lifted out of the crowd to a safe place. They closed down Buenos Aires. People were crying. Forget the fact that there's economic disrepair, inflation galore, despondency left and right. No. They're celebrating the World Cup. If you haven't seen pictures of Buenos Aires, that would be like one in four people in Buenos Aires going to, going to a, went to that parade. I think there's like 16 million people in Buenos Aires, Coca. What are there in New York? Like eight, eight or nine million people in New York City in the five boroughs? Imagine like a parade of, so it's one fourth, like of two million people going on Broadway. Two million people on Broadway. You wouldn't be able to do it. They wouldn't be allowed. It'd be insanity. Congratulations, Lionel Messi. Whew. That show changed on a dime when we opened our eyes, didn't it? Coca, you're so good. Coca had stats for me, had quotes for me. 
The Mets have spent $806 million this offseason. It's so crazy. Are you entertained? Because it's just business. This is nothing personal. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.